0: Welcome to "Is This Working?" a podcast about the messy parts of work. With me, Anna Codro-Rado. and me, Tiffany Philippou. Today, we're talking about mental
1: health and work.
0: I'm really excited about today's episode because we're joined by Katie Morton, who is a therapist and a YouTuber. I came across Katie through her YouTube channel a couple of years ago, and I've mentioned her on the podcast a number of times before because she's got some really brilliant videos on her channel about things like burnout. What I love about Katie's channel is that she's a licensed therapist. So the mental health content and education she provides is thoroughly researched and coming from a professional. We're super honored to have her on the show today to talk to us about how work impacts our mental health
1: yes it's a really great show and just to add that we did record this when we were in the deepest darkest days of lockdown but everything we discuss is still so relevant uh today and beyond we go through a lot of our favorite topics burnout productivity the stress of a bad boss and we talk a lot about mental health and the impact it has on our work and it was so valuable to have a mental health professional to talk to us in more depth about it on with the show
0: Hello. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, So what we really want to dive into today is to chat about the relationship between mental health and work, because I think that is a hugely important topic at the best of times, but also right now in particular. Um, so what would be really helpful was if you could maybe explain to us what we actually know about the relationship between mental health and work, and, um, and I guess kind of how our work impacts our mental health.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of ways you can look at it. Just like anything, it, it depends on how how you're looking at work and its relationship because there is the, the component of like fulfillment. And if we don't find our jobs fulfilling, then it can be, you know, it can be detrimental if we feel like we're not giving back to, or part of something bigger. Um, but by and large, it's more about like work-life balance, especially, you know, during times um, where you're working from home or where you're working long hours, it can be really hard for you to distinguish when you're working and when you're not. And when we don't prioritize our own personal time and relationships and doing things that are fulfilling. I call it like breath in for breath out work being essentially a breath out because it's energy that we're putting out into the world. We're doing something possibly for someone else and something else. Um, And so for every time we have a breath out, just like our body, it needs a breath in and that breath in can be like, you know, dinner with friends or a vacation or taking time off to, connect with, you know, your spouse or your partner or whatever. Um, yeah. Is that kind of what you mean? Like in relation to, you know, work-life yeah. life balance, stuff like that? Yeah,
0: definitely. Definitely. And um, I really love the idea of the breath in breath out. I guess I'd never th- really thought about it like that before. And it just, as you were saying, it immediately made me think of the fact that um, I'm an introvert and I always kind of, it's taken me a long time to realize that when I do Outwardly facing things that really, really drains my energy. And it's taken me a long time to realize that I have to make sure I balance. Like, you know, today is a great example. So we're recording this podcast obviously right now, and we recorded another one earlier today. And so when I looked at my schedule this morning, I knew that as much as recording these podcasts does really energize me, it also really drains me. And so I made sure to schedule the rest of my day to take into account that I probably wouldn't have that much energy, but it's Mm -hmm. taken me a long time to realize that and to kind of, um, get to know that about myself. Um, and I'm just wondering how many, you know, whether you kind of encounter to what degree are people aware of this, uh, of the impact of, um, you know, that energy either being drained or sort of this idea of the breath in breath out.
2: I mean, I think, I talk about it a lot on my channel and with my community, but I don't think a lot of people recognize it. Like I'll even be honest that personally I didn't recognize it. I mean, I'm 36. So probably maybe two years ago is when I started to realize that I'm definitely more on the introvert side of things. And I get really exhausted after, um, you know, filming videos, uh, doing a live stream, uh, recording podcasts, anything like that is, I'm like you, I need time after or before or both to recharge. Um, And I think more and more people are recognizing it. But the thing that I do notice after being online for a long time is that most of us are not that comfortable inside ourselves. And I mean that like just really tapping into like how you're feeling. Like we could say like being inside your body, like checking in, Like we often have to be reminded so much of what we do is just looking out, doing things outwardly, putting energy out. Um, Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a different shift or dynamic to like turn the energy and the focus inward. So outside of
1: the work-life balance and the breathe in, breathe out question, can and how work really impact our mental health? just in itself. So obviously we spend a huge amount of time and a huge amount of our lives at work. Um, So can work itself be a really huge part of impacting our mental health?
2: 100%. Just for the reasons that you stated, like that we spend a lot of time doing it. We spend a ton of time there. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've told friends and patients alike when they'll complain and complain and complain about work. I'm like, you spend so much time there, it's just not worth it. Like, I think it's worth the pay cut for you to go to a place that's better or, you know, the longer commute or whatever it is. I think that because we spend just so much time there and then thinking about it and, you know, all of that, if we don't love it, and and I don't mean love it like, oh, I look so forward to work, yay. Like, that's not, I know that not everybody's going to feel that way, but you should have at least some enjoyment or fulfillment that's coming from the work you do. Otherwise, it's just slowly like eroding at who we want to be, what we're doing. And then we can wake up in, you know, 20 years and feel like, what was that all for? Like, why? I, I hate this, you know?
1: Yeah. And um, are there any patterns you keep seeing with people? So negative patterns that um, are bad work situations that are preventing people from reaching that enjoyment and fulfillment that you described?
2: I mean, there's a lot of factors. Everybody's kind of different. But the things that I see, um, I've been hearing a lot. Actually, it's interesting because uh, many of us are still working from home. But I've been hearing from a lot of my viewers that they have like kind of toxic uh, interactions with their boss and the way that they communicate what needs to be done. And because we're in this strange pandemic situation, people are afraid to leave their jobs. And that kind of ties into like one of the main reasons is just stability of income. And I always tell people you can it's there's nothing wrong with looking for a job while you still have a job. Like no one says you have to quit today. Like I am not a fan of impulsive decisions. Um, I think people are afraid, you know, and then change is hard putting ourselves out there going through interviews. That can be exhausting. Um, I remember seeking like trying to find work when I was in graduate school and this wasn't even paid work. You guys, this was like an internship so I could gain hours towards my licensure and I went to like six places before I got hired somewhere. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not even getting paid. And this is hard. Like, so I think the process of finding work and the process of changing things is hard for people. Change is hard. And if we've always thought of ourselves, let's say we um, went you know, went to law school, became a lawyer, did all of this work to get this one job. And then we get there and we're like, I don't like this. <laughs> this isn't what I thought it was. A lot of people struggle with that because, oh, I put all this time, effort, money, into becoming this and I don't like it. Now what? You know, I I feel like the best thing we can do for ourselves is to embrace discomfort, embrace change, because it's a wonderful thing that we can make different decisions and we can change, you know, the journey that we're on in life. And the less we hesitate, I think the happier we all would be. It's so
0: interesting because as you're saying that it, um you know how we're scared of change and sort of you know the concerns people have around quitting one of the most vivid memories i have is handing in my notice for my first ever job mm-hmm. and i just remember being so scared and kind of asking my boss to go into a room to talk and i'd written out my letter and i mm-hmm. handing it in it was just i just remember being so scared and and i think if i think about it i think it's because i I didn't want to feel like I was disappointing her or that I was, you know, cause you know, you, it's even the language we use about, you know, you quit a job and uh-huh. there's all of this, you know, this kind of at a social level there and cultural level, there's, we, we're taught not to quit. So it's just, you can't kind of, it, it just, it was just very, very difficult. I just remember, um, I don't think I slept the night before and all of this yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. Um, and yet, as you say, change can be good and change can be where we grow. And so for anyone listening who's maybe in a situation where they're not happy and they are really thinking about, you know, wanting to move on but are really struggling to do that, kind of what can they do to sort of make to at least take a small step to make that change?
2: Um I think part of it is just how you talk to yourself about it. I talk to my audience all the time about the importance of self-talk, but it really makes all the difference because there's this I don't know. It's like the way that when we're, when we think we're going to make a change, so let's say like going back to your explanation, like you were going to quit your job, you put the letter together. Like if we track it back to when you realize that maybe this job wasn't for you or maybe, um, maybe I don't enjoy my boss. Maybe I don't enjoy my coworkers. Maybe what they told me I was going to do and what was described isn't what I'm doing. Um, there's a lot of different reasons, right? Maybe this isn't who I thought I was going to be. It can be all sorts of, you know, philosophical things as well. I think when we are having those thoughts and those worries, we have to be curious and engage with them instead of try to shut them down. Like, oh, you're not a quitter. Oh, you put so much energy into this. You're, you're so lucky. I mean, I when I finally quit my full-time job to just, I just do YouTube and my private practice now, I um, I remember thinking like, well, what if, what about healthcare and like, you can't do this and like, who are you? And I mean, is this, what if this all like falls apart and you're just like taking this huge risk and you're so irresponsible and all this negative talk about it, instead of being like, hey, this isn't the job that I wanted. I enjoy doing this more. It's more fulfilling. Or I think there's something out there that would be more fulfilling. It's okay to, to wonder. It's okay to be curious. Let yourself think about it. Let yourself, uh, you know, engage in that. And I think instead of telling yourself like, don't be a quitter and, and you got to do this and we, you have bills, you know, you're so lucky to get paid all this. And that's kind of like my conversation with myself. I was like, you're so lucky you have a job. Like so many people are looking for work and you have a good paying job. You know, even my mom said that to me and I was like, I can't do it. And so I think just noticing the talk about it and making sure that you're being curious, you're allowing yourself to think about it really. Um, because I don't know if you felt this way Anna but like did you when you did turn in that letter how'd you feel? I think relieved. Yes Um, like a huge sense of relief.
0: huge sense of relief and also that kind of feeling of I've been so wound up and so kind of pent up and I guess really tense. And it was just that, yeah, that feeling, that kind of that release, but then also the same kind of draining essentially as well, mm-hmm. because there was so much going on inside. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then just, yeah, huge relief. And then yeah. that kind of feeling of like, oh my God, it's like a massive sigh and it's done now.
2: <laughs> yeah. But I think it's just important that we don't, I don't want anybody to think this is me telling them to act impulsively. Like, go, quit your job, do it. Um, But I do think that it's just okay. It's okay to wonder. It doesn't say anything bad about you to maybe want something different. Allow yourself to be curious and, you know, figure out what's the best for you right now.
1: And also you were saying that one of the main issues you see is around toxic bosses and difficult work relationships. And that's something... Mm -hmm. I can identify with I mean anytime I found work difficult personally for me has always been relationship based and that's, I realize that's making me sound like a really difficult person but um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, maybe I feel a bit more comforted that you've just said that that is something a lot of people um, experience and a lot of where work stress comes from um, what kind of impact does that have on people's mental health and, and what do you see about the difficulty around toxic relationships at work?
2: It, it's an extra layer. It, it is very difficult and it does impact our mental health because the thing that's weird about work is that we can be afraid that we're going to lose our jobs. And let's say we love our job, or at the very least it pays for our life and we need that right now because we all need it because bills don't stop coming. <laughs> Rent is always due, you know? Um, and so the tricky thing is, because my, my advice when we're in toxic situations is to communicate and to tell people like what's going on, like as much as we can and not, not in blaming language, but in this is how I feel. This is my perspective. I'd love to hear yours. When it comes to work, there are people who are petty, people who are vengeful. They'll come back for you. They won't forget. Um, because those aren't really people that we've chosen you know, like those aren't people we necessarily decided to have in our lives. They're people that just were plopped into our lives because we got hired. Um, and so I think it's just a little bit trickier that way. I still encourage clear and direct communication because I believe most most issues we have in relationships, even if they're not close relationships, are born out of miscommunication or um, expectations that weren't expressed, which I believe just leads to resentment, Um or even, um, you know, just making assumptions about something that we only have like 10% of the information, right? So we can run with like, hey, they looked at me this way. I think they're talking about me. They're such a jerk. You know, we can like spiral out. And so I think the more we communicate with one another, the, the less likely these situations, you know, will continue to occur. But it's hard at work. And we have to balance, like, if it's our boss, how do we have that conversation? How do we do it? softly, kindly, clearly, but not, um, not giving them an opportunity to, u- to use that as an excuse to fire us. You know, as you say, people aren't chosen
1: and there's a lack of history there, but because it, it is almost about keeping your livelihood. I think there's a level of almost ruthlessness and cruelty that I thankfully have not seen in my social, um, life, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've also seen um, bosses be highly manipulative um, and that sort of thing as well. How how can someone deal with that if they're in a situation where
2: they're too afraid or too scared to communicate? I mean, it can be tricky. And I also want to mention, too, um, before I jump into that, is like the competitive factor of work, too, if we're both up for a promotion, you know, and it's you against someone else. That can that's a different dynamic as well. But when it comes to like manipulative or to- like toxic narcissistic, you know, we can call them whatever we want. Um, unfortunately, a lot of times those are bosses because those types of characteristics um, and personality traits lend itself to success in business. It's kind of unfortunate, but true. Um, I think the the best way that we can deal with that is honestly to just communicate clearly. It doesn't matter. We don't, maybe not to our boss, but to people around us about what we're doing. We don't have to tell them necessarily how we feel if we're afraid it's going to be, you know, taken out of context or blown out of proportion or it's going to be used against us. Um, But we can just stay in our own lane. And I say that a lot to my my patients recently about like, you just, you clean up your own side of the street. You're not responsible for how they interpret things. You're going to do your best don't give them excuses to fire you or to make things worse and as much as you can just avoid them i know that's not always possible in situations but as much as you can you know fly under the radar <laughs> which i know can feel very helpless and hopeless but if you have a boss that's like that my goal would be for you to get out of there when you can and so until then we just kind of have to find ways to healthfully survive and and after work with friends and you know, even coworkers, if it's safe to vent, vent to them about it, but have, w- have a place in people that you can talk to about a therapist, good friends, all that stuff. Um, and then as soon as you can get out of there.
0: What about on the kind of, um, you know, f- approaching this from the other angle, which is the leadership. So mm-hmm. for, um, any, bosses listening as well. I've been, leadership is something I've been thinking a lot about recently because pretty much everyone is struggling right now. And so how do you lead effectively when you're struggling? And, um, you know, all of these kind of old fashioned notions of the fearless leader, I just feel that this is a moment to put all of that to bed because, um, we're all really, you know, everyone is scared right now, in one form or another. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone is worried about lots of different things right now. But I'm pretty. I feel pretty confident in saying that everyone right now is scared. And so, how um, how can how can people kind of lead most effectively at this point?
2: I truly think that, like the fearless leader, I agree with you. It's kind of old and antiquated, and it's not that's not what we need. I think the best way. I mean, we know people. People will work for you and do more for you and be better employees if they feel connected. That's just, of course. Like, if anybody said that to me, I'd be like, yeah, of course. If I cared about someone, if I, I knew they cared about me, if there was this mutual respect, that goes a long way. And so I think, especially during times like this when we're all scared, I believe it's okay as a leader to address it, to be open to talking about it to sharing some of your own personal struggles and what you're going through because I think that there's there's a lot more to being like a a person and not just a boss. I think that the more we can be a little bit vulnerable it shows it's it's very courageous to sh- to share personal stuff. And I'm not saying we should go out and cry in front of all of our workers. I'm just saying that I think it's completely reasonable and actually better if if we're honest about where we're at and we communicate clearly. And we say, I mean, I know we're not all in offices still, but you know, for a lot of people, you can say like, my door is always open. You know, I think that that goes a long way. And that, that is true leadership. You're showing them that it's okay to feel this way. We can still get work done. It might not be at the pace that we're used to. And I understand that. And I think sometimes just addressing what's going on, calling it out again, communicating clearly. I think it's fine for people who are in positions of power right now to to address the productivity struggles. Like if you're working from home and you have two kids under four, I feel for you. You can't get everything done. Like, are you kidding me? You know, it's like, you have to just be honest. You have to communicate. And I think part of that is like setting new expectations, being open to conversations that might be difficult and sharing a little bit about where you're at so that we're reminded that we're all in it together. Um, I think that that goes a long way. And I honestly think that people will be more apt to, um, to, to work harder for you and for whatever the common goal is.
0: That's, it's, um, it's interesting because it's, it's something that I've been thinking about, um, in, in terms of my own situation, because I. I run a community for freelancers and the whole point of that community is to help them make their businesses work. And I'm really struggling to even reply to text messages right now, let alone mm-hmm. have a functioning business brain and so i've been really really struggling myself to kind of know how to essentially be present and show up for my community and i was really really struck by some of your latest videos on your channel because you've been really really open about how you've been struggling and i think that that's super powerful you know from especially from the perspective of a therapist to to make a video saying that you're finding this really hard because, you know, everyone's expectation is that, you know, I think people expect that therapists (laughs) have got it all sorted. Yeah, (laughs) they do. (laughs) And so I just found that really, really inspiring. And I think is really an example of what you're describing that, um, yes, you know, your leadership, you know, leadership in the context of a community versus leadership in the context of a, um, of a kind of like, office or a business but it's kind of this is this you know other half of the same coin um how kind of how um how was it kind of going into making those videos did you sort of what what was you kind of like going going through your mind and were you kind of worried about um being so open like that or sort of what was the um what was the thought process like what was that journey
2: yeah I mean it to be frank I'm like you like I was having a tough time having my brain work (laughs) it felt like I can't focus. Um, the research articles I was reading for a video, I was like, I can't, I don't even know what I'm reading. Like it was just taking me a really long time. And, um, I run the channel with my husband and I was telling him, I was like, I don't think I can film today. Like I don't, I'm not ready. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't feel like it's going to sound good. Um, I was like, I feel like I just, it's just, everything is just sucking. (laughs) I hate it. And I don't know how to talk about it. And this was like the first video. And I was like, I might just try, will you just like turn the camera on and leave the room? And then I was like, I'm just going to talk to them and then I'll see how I feel about it. And so that was kind of how it was born out of both of them. Like I didn't really prepare at all for either of those videos, which is totally not like me. Um, but I think that it it came out authentic that way, right? I didn't have notes. I wasn't reading from a teleprompter. Um, and I, I'd like to say I was like. I thought it'd be helpful and did it on purpose and was all thoughtful about it, but it was more like, I don't know how to be any other way than this right now. Um, And so that I'm just going to show you that. And the thing that looking back on it now is that I think it's something that I might pivot my content towards not 100%, but I do think there is something powerful to personal stories. I think a lot of us learn through storytelling Um, and instead of feeling like education has to be me rattling off, uh, symptoms, uh, tools, therapy tech techniques and tactics. Um, it can also just be sharing in the human experience. It can be sharing stories. And I think that, um, you know, I was definitely surprised that it resonated with my community in the way that it did. And with just people, like not even just the regular watchers, like other people, um, that was really a shock to me, but I do think it's like, it's a learning for me. I'm like, okay maybe if I share a little bit more about my process with things that can be helpful too. Like that is valuable educational content as well, where I thought of it as just like me vlogging or something. And I'm like, that's not what I want this to become. Um, But I think there might be a way to do it. That's helpful.
1: Yeah. And you talked about in one of those videos, giving people the permission to be or giving oneself the permission to be. And I think when leaders or community, um, leaders do show that vulnerability. I think it gives everybody else that permission to, for their own experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's incredibly helpful.
2: Yeah. Cause we hold on to guilt a lot for everything, right? Like how dare I feel bad now? Like I have a job and a lot of people don't, or, you know, there's how many times have you heard like there's starving children in Africa. Like you should finish that. Like, how dare you? Um, and I, there was a quote I saw on Instagram the other day that just really resonated with me. And it was something to the effect of, um, just because someone else has a different experience, better or worse, doesn't take away from what you have good or bad. And I just really liked that. Cause it was like, that's true. Like I, comparison is never helpful that your pain doesn't negate mine and vice versa. Um, yeah. So I think it's important that we, we allow each other to feel how we feel to be where we're going to be and, and. Letting go of guilt is difficult, but possible. And I think the more sharing of stories we do, I think the more possible.
0: Hey, is this working listeners we've got some exciting news for you we are now on patreon which is a platform for supporting creators and you can find us at patreon.com slash is this working show if you support us on patreon we've made some really fun benefits for you
1: that will improve your working life including early access to the episodes before everyone else and when you support us on patreon you'll be joining our growing community of friendly
0: work buddies I like to think of our Patreon community kind of like the world's best staff room, a place to hang out and shoot the shit about work. So come and find us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash is this working show. See you there.
1: and speaking of guilt makes me jump to the productivity obsession that we've always we've had for a long time but also was really highlighted or heightened as the pandemic all kicked off um and you mentioned in one of your videos about the pandemic about productivity as well um mm-hmm. so what yeah so what do you think about all this productivity conversation that's been happening and and how can we or should we be our most productive selves at the moment
2: yeah I think um a lot of it is just permissions to to not be as productive as we were pre-pandemic and I don't mean that we can never go back to that but just recognizing and validating the fact that we're in uh we're stressed out we're having a hard time this is scary and we don't have all the, I feel like I just never have all the information. Like I still don't fully understand everything. And I, and I try to be informed. Um, so know that that's okay. But I think the best ways to work with, not against ourselves are to make sure you're getting enough sleep, like take care of your basic needs first. That's a priority. I put that over work right now. If you're not eating regularly, showering with some regularity and getting enough sleep, put those things first. And then it's finding times that you work best, and if you if you have the capability, because I know everybody's situation is different, but try to work during those hours. Like I'm not an early morning person. I don't I don't start work until like nine or ten. You know, I'm never going to get up at six a.m. That's just not who I am. Um, but I'm also not up at like two in the morning. But some people are. So just trying to figure out what's easiest and best for you now, and work with that. You know, and then communicate that to your the people you work with, so they know, like, hey. You know, I'm going to be doing this. I'll still be doing all the work that I need to be done. If you have the flexibility, I know not everybody has the flexibility, but within reason, I think that that's, that's helpful. And then allowing for breaks, like, because a lot of us are at home, it can be hard to turn off work and turn on home life. And so I would encourage you to separate your spaces, you know, creating an office space, even if it's just, I sit at the table at this chair and this is where I work. I don't want you working in bed. I don't, you know, cause that's where you should be, having sex and sleeping and nothing else. It's going to mess with your ability to fall asleep when you need to. Um, so having spaces is really helpful. And then breaks throughout the day. We're not robots, unfortunately. So we're going to have to take breaks. Um, and then know that some days you're just going to wake up and that day is not going to be your day. And that's okay. You know, again, we're not robots. We just have to get done what we can get done. Um, and that's why I think bosses sh- talking about it, sharing how it's hard is kind of key to all of this because um, instead of us worrying and worrying and trying to work and getting nothing done as we sit at our desk for eight hours or nine hours or whatever, then we can have permission to get up and try something else, maybe go for a walk if we can, come back, feel more focused, feel better, you know, and then get some work done.
0: I've, I've found this whole pandemic experience to be unbelievably um i guess kind of confronting for lots for for me and kind of the way i used to view productivity in the way that I used to work. And, you know, I'm someone who already worked from home, um, before all of this. So the actual mechanics of how I work haven't changed, but I just have not been able to be, to, to kind of work at the, um, at sort of the volume and the output that I used to be able to. And it's made me realize it's been a really, really kind of painful journey of, um, putting things like my basic needs first and just accepting the fact that I can't work as much as I used to. And it's really made me realize how much I just used work as a way to kind of, as a kind of like, I don't know, sort of escapism. And um, that so much of my identity was tied up in not just my work, but also kind of The volume of my work and the kind of like quality and sort of what that work was. And so it's been a very, um, it's been kind of a a really intense journey, I would say. Um, and I don't know, do you, is this something that kind of, do you, do you think that people do use work as a sort of like, almost like a numbing mechanism or kind of like an, like an escapism in some way?
2: Oh, 100%. It's a great distraction, right? It's a distraction from, maybe all of the grief we feel or the, the fear. Um, a lot of people like bury themselves in work, you know, it's, it's an easy way to cope. And I think it's kind of funny cause not, and not funny, just like it's, you have to laugh because what else are you supposed to do during a time like this? But, um, you know, having this pandemic happen and all of us being forced out of our regular routines in a lot of ways could have been great. We're like, oh, we have this time to like reflect. Do I like where I'm at in my life? Do I enjoy what I'm doing? Am I happy in my relationships? Like it, it gave us kind of a pause button to like tap in. And by and large, like 90% of people are like, oh no, I'll, I'm will i gonna learn how to make sourdough bread. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn a new language. In fact, I'm gonna stitch up all those clothes I've never mended. That's what I'm gonna do. We did any and everything that we could do to like, not tap into how it's how we're doing what we're feeling maybe what's good for us what's best are we happy with how things are it's it's uncomfortable sometimes to to get really close to yourself and and see how you're doing um and work is one of those great ways to distract it's the sourdough bread it's another way that we can be like i don't know i don't i don't need to think about you know the fact that i don't feel fulfilled in this or that my relationship is deteriorating or i you know I'm not happy. Instead, I'm just going to double my pr- productivity for this week. You know, and we do stuff like that all the time. It's there's a and it is a it's not an unhealthy coping skill necessarily, but I think that with everything, it has its limits. You know, there are there is going to come a time where we aren't going to be able to do as much as we used to do. Um, I mean, heck, it could just be when you retire, <laughs> then you're going to be face to face with yourself, and hopefully you like who that person is. You know, you've taken the time to to grow them and to to listen and all of that.
1: Gosh, that's frightening having to wait till we retire to uh, reflect on oneself, especially as our generation is not going to be retiring
2: very young. Yeah, right. It's why it's important. We need to tap in. <laughs> listen, talk to yourself, listen. You know, that's why journaling, even if it's just bullet journals or five-minute journals, those are helpful. Um, you know, allowing yourself to have the philosophical uh, deeper conversations, the, the questioning of where you're at and where you're going. And is that still in line with what you want? Because we can change our minds. Things change, people change, the world changes. Um, I encourage everybody to do that. It's okay. It's also okay to, to cry, to be sad, to be worried, to be uh, scared. Um, but I think the sooner we do it, the better we'll feel.
0: What is it that people are, why are people so scared to sit and I mean, I'm, I'm ask, I ask this primarily for myself as well, but w- why are we so scared to just sit w- with ourselves and either think or write or just be with ourselves?
2: I think in a lot of ways, we don't have that relationship because if we don't do it on the regular, it's like we don't know maybe who that person is. And I know that sounds really weird. People are like, but I know who I am. You're This sounds crazy. But, but do you really like... Um, you know, back when I was a a teenager and even in college, I had all this time to myself to like think and to, uh, I don't know, figure things out. What do I like? Do I like this guy that I'm dating? Am I happy with my, my major? Is this what I want for myself is why is this friendship, you know, suddenly so toxic? Like we had all this time on our hands to think about things. And then when we get a job or we have children, we get married, we do whatever we want to do, things get busier and we just, we don't take that time anymore. And I think people are afraid of change. They're afraid of admitting that they're not happy, but I'm more afraid of not admitting that I'm not happy because that just means that, you know, I'm just going through the motions and life's too short, you know? Um, so I think that it's more to do with that. It's just the fact that we don't do it that often. It's like, you wouldn't be excited to go out to dinner with, a, um, with a friend you haven't talked to, they weren't that close or friend, maybe you haven't talked to them in like 10 years or something. And you're like, oh, I don't even know if we have the same things in common anymore. What are we going to talk about? (laughs) I think it can feel that way with ourselves. Um, yeah, it just, and it it can be scary, right? We don't, maybe we don't even know what we want to say or what's going on or how we feel. And by and large, people are uncomfortable sitting in their feelings because it can feel overwhelming, but you know the only way to make it feel better is actually to feel it, so it's like the only way for us to to deal with it is actually to go through it. I'm
0: nodding along same <laughs> i'm
1: I really agree with that in theory, and it's something I actively try and do, but probably similarly in a slightly wanna be productive way where I'm like, I'm going to sit with my feelings about this thing that I'm sad about for <laughs> one day. Or-
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm
1: going to give myself a week where I'm allowed to do whatever and then I'll be over it and um, often what I find actually when I do that is uh, yeah it's really good to feel the feelings but then because I then try and sort of time stamp it uh, the problems come out at night time like so that's when I know mm-hmm. that I'm not engaging properly with my feelings in the day is when my sleep gets somewhat disturbed so it's definitely a work in progress for me as well. And to have patience with the feelings.
2: Yeah. And I'm the same. I don't want anybody to think that just because I know I always do better. <laughs> like it's, it's a work in progress and it's something that, you know, we have, I, I try. And I think that's the main goal is just, we should just try, try to get to know yourself, try to ask yourself the questions of, of where you're at and what you're doing. And if you're happy with that, like just try. Um, and I think that that, you know, that's, that's a step in the right direction. That's, that's sometimes all we can do. And that's, that's good enough, you know? Um, this kind of talking about
0: things being a work in progress. Something that I'm um, already worried about um, is that. So, at the beginning of the kind of maybe about a couple of months ago, and when we when the pandemic became like very very serious and sort of the whole world more or less ground to a halt, it felt like everyone was in the same boat, and that no matter who I spoke to, wherever they were in the world, they were all experiencing something quite similar, and. Um, also, the more or less, the guidelines were very similar everywhere around the world for, for, for a window of time. And now we're seeing the restrictions lifting in some places um, and at different rates, and there are sort of different, um, different ways out of this for different countries. But however, it does feel like at some point, these restrictions will lift. And I'm just thinking about how there'll be plenty of people who will still be scared And, um, maybe for example, they, they have been told that they can go back to work, but maybe they don't want to go back to work or whatever the case might be that, um, that there's going, I just, I worry that there's going to be, and I'm already seeing it. I'm already seeing that, um, you know, here in the UK where we are, where Tiffany and I are, um, the restrictions have started to be lifted a bit, but I'm very much operating as though they haven't. And I haven't done, I'm not doing anything different to um, what I was doing sort of a couple of weeks ago. Um, And so, you know, what's going to kind of be the impact going forward for people who are maybe still worried and still scared? And how do we kind of, um, I guess, bridge that mismatch in how in sort of how long it's going to take people to feel I don't even want to say normal but kind of like feel themselves again
2: yeah it's something um ironically I'm writing a book that I pitched prior to uh, the pandemic about trauma and um trauma in a connected world right because and, and that's why it's so ironic because it was like way before this had happened like I pitched it back like last October um and I think the thing that that i've realized is that everyone is going to be different and i know that that sounds obvious like of course everyone's going to re- you know respond differently like i'm i'm the same as you uh some things have lifted here in california but i'm acting as if they haven't because i just don't there's still no treatment there's still no uh vaccine i just don't feel like i don't feel safe doing that it's a decision that i've made for myself and everybody can make their own you know um but I think that some people will will potentially have PTSD-like responses where we're hyper vigilant, super, like, cleaning everything, wiping everything, um, you know, could even struggle to sleep, having nightmares about it. There could be things like that. There could be other people. We've kind of seen it happening, especially in the States, is, like, um, anger and aggression towards people. Like, I'm not going to wear a mask in that store. How dare you tell me that I have to wear a mask? Um, and that's part of, you know, again PTSD, acute stress disorder, it could be adjustment disorder, those are all things we're going through and so i i really think that that each and every person will have their own experience but i do believe that we were all across the world which is a wild thing to even think let alone say i think we were all traumatized by this and i i'm concerned to see like the mental health ramifications of this as things you know, as we move through it, to be honest, cause it's already happening. I know suicide rates are up. I know anxiety and depression rates are up. Um, but I'm, but I, by and large, I do believe that we will see like a bigger PTSD response or, you know, as things progress. And and that's really, it, it's sad to me, but again, it's like, at least we're in it together. Like if we can all just kind of seek to understand what we're going through and what we're feeling, I know that this is a lot to ask because not everybody's going to do this, but I think that the, if we can tap in a little bit and just recognize, Hey, that person's just honking at me in traffic more than normal because of what they're going through. You know, if we can just have a little extra compassion, um, if we can each kind of do our part that way, I think that hopefully we'll get through it more quickly because if, if we do recognize it and we let ourselves feel it kind of like what we're talking about before, then the feelings will go away. Then we will feel better. Um, But I think, there's everybody's going to be different. And so if, if that for you is, I don't go out yet, cause I don't quite feel safe. I think that's okay. Um, there's going to come a point in time when we're all going to have to leave our homes <laughs> and re-engage with society. Um, so make sure that you're not agoraphobic. You're not like not leaving your home cause you're afraid to be out. Um, but yeah, I mean, talk about it, vent about it, um, do what you can take action where you can, that can be really empowering. I think all those things will be really helpful as we navigate what what's next, you know? Is it, is, is it
1: appropriate for now to be a time for reflection or are
2: we all in survival? Um, I mean, everybody's different. Some people are reflecting, some people are like just hanging on and surviving. I think it just depends on the experience. Um, but at the at the very least, I think it's fair to say that this is like a world pause, right? Because just things aren't you know, we're not in our regular routine. It's, it's an adjustment. We're in a time of adjustment.
1: <laughs> so we've established that work and mental health are inseparable. And so what would you say about how we can go about building a healthier relationship with our work and not leaving it until we are say retired, as you said earlier, before we, <laughs> f- before we look at ourselves and, 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 question the lives that we're leading?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think just taking some time. I I mean, I think that being open to having conversations with others and with ourselves about what we're doing, where we're going is just important. And I know this sounds really silly, but the, the truth about it is we all know what we really want and whether we're happy or not, we often just don't tap into that intuition. We don't listen. And then we feel uncomfortable because that's just what happens when we don't listen to our gut or our intuition or whatever you want to call it. Um, we have discomfort. And so I think if we, you know, especially during this time of adjustment, this time of kind of for some people can be a pause button or a reset button, um, or some people can be just in survival mode. But I do think that now for a lot of us could be a, a nice time to, you know, Take a couple minutes every day to, to consider your work and what you're doing. Consider how you feel about the work you're doing. Consider the path of your career and whether you're happy with where you're at or where you're you know where it's going to potentially end up. Like just think about it. Talk it about it with your roommate or your spouse or partner. Um, I think the more we're just curious about our own lives and our own paths, the better. Um, instead of just like resting into it. You know, like kind of going on autopilot. I think it's always good to just question where we're at and where we're going and if we're happy with it. And I know that that can be uncomfortable and difficult, but that's why it's just, you know, starting off with just a couple, a couple questions to yourself, a couple, a little conversation with your, with whoever you live with or someone that you're close with. Um, I think all of that will just, it's a great start. I think it's a, it's just a good way to get back in touch with who you are, what you're doing and make sure that you're pleased with it.
0: Brilliant I think that's um, I love that kind of idea of just you know making a just taking one small step and just at least starting Um, so thank you so much Katie this was so such a brilliant conversation and I feel like I've definitely learned a lot that I need to go and reflect on Um, (laughs) where can people find you if they want to learn more about your work and connect with you online
2: yeah, um, I'm, my main thing is my YouTube channel. My name is Katie Morton, K-A-T-I-M-O-R-T-O-N. That's the name of the channel. Um, I release videos every Monday. Um, I also have a new podcast, Ask Katie Anything. Um, you can find it where podcasts are. Um, and I had a book that came out a couple, what was it, a year and a half ago, called, Are You Okay? A Guide to Caring for Your Mental Health. Um, yeah, and I'm everywhere online, just Katie Morton. <laughs> We'll link to all of that in the show notes as well. Um, So yes, thank you once again
0: for being with us on today's show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. You are listening to Is This Working? hosted by Anna Gerardo and Tiffany Philippou. Produced by Chris Bannister. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts, And please do subscribe to the show and leave us a review as we're trying to get to number one in the careers charts. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.